Welcome to Employed, a podcast about careers, from minimum wage to six-figure incomes, high school diplomas to PhDs, you'll hear stories from different professionals, their everyday work life, and what it took to get there. Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice, or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, Employed is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and today we are digging in to construction management. You know, with, with construction, there's the, the stereotype of Bubba with his pickup truck. He said, do you think Bubba with his pickup truck can go build a hospital? Welcome. Thank you, Ty, for joining me tonight. Can you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell me about what you do for a living? My name's Ty. Uh, I live in San Antonio, Texas. I'm 30 years old, and I work in the construction industry. I work for a general contractor of commercial construction, and I'm a superintendent. Can you tell me how you got into your position or what kind of sparked your interest? A little history on me. My, my stepdad growing up ran his own residential plumbing company. So in the summers, uh, I would work with him remodeling bathrooms, uh, doing some new construction, but a lot of renovations of switching out water heaters, kind of just manual labor. So I was, you know, familiar enough with the construction industry to know that I didn't want to be doing that as a career. <laughs> so I went to college. I'd always liked numbers and business. So I was on a business track and more specifically on accounting. And I had gone through a few of those courses and was enjoying it, but didn't want to be stuck behind a desk all day, every day uh, in a cubicle farm or, or just stuck inside. So I was looking at other options and I was working in the performance arts building doing stage management. So we would set up for plays or musical performances or orchestra. And I had a friend, a coworker who was in the construction management major. I didn't know that was a major. I didn't really know anything about it. So he, he told me a little bit about it. He said, it's kind of like a business degree with a construction emphasis. And there, there was a whole mix of business classes, construction classes, civil engineering classes, architecture classes, kind of a broad example of all the different um, things that you are involved with with construction. So it piqued my interest, and I remember the, the kind of quote that he that he told me that I've never forgotten. And it was, you know, with with construction, there's the the stereotype of Bubba with his pickup truck. He said, "Do you think Bubba with his pickup truck can go build a hospital?" Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, "No, probably not." And he goes, "No, it takes a whole group of smart people to tackle the problem of." getting the hospital built. And that kind of just piqued my interest of, you're right, that sounds like a challenge. That sounds very complicated. I've always wanted to learn, you know, tons of different things. And in my role, um, that's what I get to do. I get to deal with architects, with engineers, with subcontractors that are putting in the work. So back to how I got into it, I uh, went in the major, took uh, trial courses and really liked it and then switched over and got a bachelor's degree in construction management, uh, a minor in business from there. Wanted to go into commercial construction. There's a lot of different avenues in construction. You can go residential, commercial, 
heavy civil, which is roads, bridges, highways, um, and then also industrial or oil and gas. So I was interested in commercial construction and I looked around. I didn't, I was in Utah going to school. I didn't want to stay in Utah. So I was looking at some of the larger construction management firms and found a really big one. And they didn't have an office in Utah. They were more in the, the larger markets. So kind of reached out to my different contacts and I got a couple different interviews and went and interviewed in San Antonio, Texas. And it was the first time I'd ever stepped foot in Texas and uh, loved it, felt right. And a week later had an offer letter from them. And we moved down to San Antonio, Texas a little over six years ago. And we've been here ever since. You said that you had a minor in business. Is that usually pretty common or preferred for someone in your position? So the curriculum for construction management was two classes shy of getting a business minor. I see. So majority of people added those two classes and they had their minor taken care of as well. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Did you have to take any tests or get any licenses or anything for your job? So the, the route I went, commercial construction, I did not have to take any. If you wanted to go and start your own construction company or construction business, you do have to have a builder's license with the authority having jurisdiction of where you're building. Typically, it's just the state that you live in and all companies have that. So if you were you know, the president of a company, you'd have to take that test to get your builder's license. But since you know, we're, we're a large company, so yeah, no, no really certification tests or anything required for my position. I do have several certifications as I've gotten into the industry, just in, in different, just different items that the company has wanted me to, to learn about and to get better equipped with. So I've got several different safety certifications. One of the biggest parts with commercial construction is keeping people safe. So as a superintendent, I'm in charge of the actual building of the structure of the project. So I set up our safety plan and monitor and enforce our, our safety rules. So I've got a couple of different safe, safety certifications. I've taken several scheduling classes. So I've got some scheduling certifications. And then most recently, we've gotten into flying drones for our, our, our projects. I've got a uh, drone thermal imagery certification. What are the demographics of your field, specifically gender and age? So as you can assume, um, it's mostly uh, a male-driven industry. In the field that, that I'm in, you know, we're more management. So the company I work for on a, on a project will have anywhere from two to 15 or 20 people on it. And then we hire out the majority of the work. We subcontract the majority of the work to subcontractors who are the real people building the project, putting things in place. We see a little bit more diversity on our end. I see on the project I'm on, we have about 100 people on site on a given day. And there are four ladies that work on site. We have a lot of uh, an older generation that's far and few between with a lot of helpers and apprentices that are learning the, the trade. So I would say probably likely a younger crowd, I would say in the 20s to 30 range. And then typically the foreman superintendent are, are closer to the end of their career being in the, the 50s or 60s. What is your salary or what range of salary can someone expect with your position? When you graduate college, 
you're placed into middle management and you start out in the, I would say, fifty to $65,000 range. And then um, depending on the side you want to go in or the route, usually within 10 years, you're in six figures. Midway through your career, you're, you're in a high end. You're director, vice president of a company. So that was also a very good side to, to make me want to go into this industry was construction pays a lot. There's, it is pretty stressful, very time-consuming, but the salary is on the higher end of other, other industries that I looked at, and it's been great so far. How is your progress measured, and who are you managed by? I'll start with when I started construction. So I was a field engineer, which is um, all, all companies kind of have some different job titles or whatnot, but I was pretty much a assistant assistant superintendent. So when I got hired on and I started, my boss was the superintendent of the project and I did whatever he needed. So it was a lot of meeting minutes, tracking quality control reports, and just really shadowing him and helping out to, to make phone calls, coordinate between the trades. And then from there, I got promoted to an assistant superintendent about 18 months in. It still had the same boss and reporting structure, but just had more responsibility. Um, I was given an area of a project to, to run and manage. And then my second project was a restroom renovation so at the local sports arena where the Spurs play, there was a, uh, we renovated all 65 bathrooms in two months. I was put on there as the, the superintendent. So I was still by title an assistant superintendent, but it was a, a smaller project where they, they gave me the whole thing to, to run. There's several different aspects that I'm rated on. The, the biggest one, and it's more of a team, is how does the, how does the project finish? Did we finish the project on time? Did we make money? Was the quality to the expectation of the, the owner, the architect? And then individually, it, it's based on kind of like when I was in the supporting role of under the superintendent, it was based on whatever assignments he gave me. So I was ranked on, you know, are you familiar enough with this to where you know the project, you know how it's built, you have a good relationship with the subs, you meet deadlines, you complete tasks that you're given. It's a lot of factors. So in my role, experience is a, is a huge component. Tech-wise, you know, I, I know how to quickly learn how to do all the, the programs that we use, all the document control. But as you're building a structure, it doesn't matter how many books you've read. It matters on, do you know how to build this thing? And do you know all the different codes and um, inspections that you have to get to get to that finish line of getting the certificate of occupancy to where people can move in and, and use the building. So it's kind of gray. There's a lot of tasks that you're given, but it's, do you have the experience to know how to build this? What were your typical work hours pre-COVID? They've remained mostly the same. We start each day at 7 a.m. So I'm on site by 6.30, 6.45 to uh, get in the office get my PPE on, so personal protective equipment, hard hat, vest, gloves, glasses, and then to uh, open the gate. So seven o'clock we start, and then the trades typically work an eight-hour day, so they're wrapping up by 3.30, and then we're on site after that point to uh, 
do paperwork, do our, our daily reports, and then the lockup site. So typically my day ends between 4.30 and 6. And generally Monday through Friday? It depends on your project team, the current schedule of your project. So for the most part, yeah, Monday through Friday. Could you walk me through an average day at your job from the time that you arrive to the office to when you leave? Yeah, so today, got to work about 6.45, got my gear on, headed out. Uh, the first thing we do, and this is pretty common with uh, commercial construction, is we start out the day at, at doing something called stretch and flex. So we'll get everyone on site with COVID. We spread out to keep social distancing, but then we do a lot of stretches and warm-ups. And then from there, I'll do... Uh, I'll go through and ask all the foremen on site, where are you working? And then I'll do some general announcements and that lasts about 15 minutes. And then after that, the trades will break off. They'll do their pre-task planning. So we have all of our foremen lead a discussion on where people are working. And it's a, it's a safety meeting to identify where people are working, what the hazards are and how they're going to avoid those hazards. So during that time, I'm walking around to make sure that they do that and that they're not just going through the motions because a lot of times, you know, you're doing the same thing you did yesterday and you're going to be doing that tomorrow as well. So after that, then I typically will walk the, the entire project, just checking status, making sure we're on schedule, that things are looking like they should. And then from there, my day consists of different meetings that I either have to attend or, or lead. And it can be a subcontractor meeting, which is where I bring all the foremen of those working for me to coordinate because believe it or not, they don't talk to each other as much as you want them to. So yeah, so I'm really the buffer. I'm like the, uh, the leader of the orchestra. Everyone has their part, and I'm the one that brings it all together. That's a good analogy. That makes sense. And then from there, there's usually some inspections that I have to set up, and that can be an inspection with the, the city, or if it's like a utility, it could be CPS or SAWS or diff a different utility company. And also inspections with the architect or the owner. In all projects, there's basically three entities, the owner, which is the user, the one who's paying for the, the building, the architect, the one who drew it up, and then me, the contractor. So we, we constantly meet to go over just different items with, with the progress of construction. It's better if they're active so that they can see the progress and make sure it's, it's, uh, it's the product that they want. So different meetings, different inspections, and then I'm just back and forth between the office and the, and the field. How often do you interact with coworkers or clients or other individuals involved versus how often do you work by yourself? So this kind of helps those who are introverted versus those who are extroverted kind of get a sense on what to expect. If you are an introvert, this is not the career for you. You know, there's that, um, that study where it says like the average number of words a male says a day versus a female. I go over that word um, amount by like 9 a.m. My, my day is, is working with coworkers and then the whole project team. So by lunchtime, my phone's at 30% and I have to charge it. I get 20 to 60 phone calls a day, just constantly calling people, coordinating. So days fly by because I'm constantly coordinating with different people up and down the ladder. The only kind of moments to myself are after 3.30 when everyone's left and I'm just walking the project by myself. And when I'm at my computer, 
trying to study a drawing or put in my daily logs. And earlier you had mentioned having some experience as a project manager, which you were in the office all day. So does that person also have a lot of communication time with others or are they really just kind of by themselves all day? I would say they have a lot. uh, I would say they have less than a superintendent. A lot of their day is uh, reviewing cost and trying to just email back and forth. So they definitely are at their computers more on their phones a lot, trying to call our different subcontractors or an architect. So I would say it's more of their distant, more virtual communication versus mine. Um, It's face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder. What is the best day that you've had at your job when you came home and you felt so accomplished or satisfied? So the hospital we built was the biggest outpatient hospital that the Department of Defense had ever built. So pretty exciting, prolific project. We got an award from the AGC, which is the American General Contractors Association, and it was best healthcare project of 2016. So that was that was pretty awesome. Um, outside of outside of that, the best days I love when we when we have big equipment on site. So most recently. One of the awesome days was a day that we set the rooftop unit on this building. So just like your house, you have a little outside air conditioning unit. When you have a big commercial building, it's a lot bigger. So our rooftop unit was 10 feet by 30 feet and weighed 17,000 pounds. And we had to get it on the roof. So it was a massive crane. It was a 350 ton crane. Took four hours to set up the crane. And then the lift, to get it up there was seven minutes. So it's cool just to see, you know, that massive equipment with being on an existing campus. There wasn't a lot of spots we could put the crane. So the crane was so big because the crane was 300 feet away from where the rooftop unit was gonna be sitting. So a lot of coordination, a lot of planning. And then the day of is exciting because you get, you know, 12 semi-trucks that roll up that have all of the, the counterweights and components of the crane. So they, they build it. It's nerve wracking. It's exciting. They, they bring in the rooftop unit. It gets hooked up and then you see it fly in the air and you're holding your breath, making sure nothing collapses and then it gets set in place, unhooked, and you just get a sigh of relief. It all come together. So that was, that was an awesome day. And another really cool aspect of this last project was, so the, the project is a 50 year old four story building. They wanted a more user-friendly crawl space below the building. So the crawl space currently was a dirt crawl space about three feet tall. So you really had to crawl. You couldn't walk in it. And they wanted a more user-friendly for their facility maintenance folks to be able to get down there and better access stuff. So we dug eight feet below the building over the whole footprint of the building and then poured a whole new concrete floor underneath the building. So that was awesome to plan out how to do that and to see that go into motion. On the other end, what's the worst day that you've had at work? Something just didn't go as planned or what's a a really big challenge that you often face? Worst day ever was when we were building, we were building on an existing hospital campus. I was building a addition onto the children's hospital side. We were building a seven story tower on top of an existing children's emergency room that was active. We were building below it on three sides of it and then seven floors above it while it had to remain active and 
serve the community. There was a big rainstorm that came in and we flooded parts of the existing emergency room. So I got a call at midnight and I spent the next eight hours pushing water out of an emergency room for kids. So rough days, you try to plan everything out, the construction, but then mother nature says, I don't think so. So does that mean that you always have your phone on you and turned on? I'm always on call. I would, I would say I've been called out of bed five or six times in the last five or six years. And they've only been on two projects. So <laughs> it's usually occupied buildings or renovations, you know, where uh, you get the calls at night. Yeah, sometimes I get calls from police of, hey, someone broke into your site. We caught them. Big things, little things, but occasionally get phone calls after hours. What is the funniest or weirdest experience probably no one else has experienced in your position? Uh, I've got so many. A big one that happened was on my last project, we were uh, putting in a new storm drainage system south of the project through parking lot and underneath the road. And what we had to do to cross the road was build or put in the, the drainage system up to the road, backfill it, build a temporary road, and then close the road down, cut across, put the line in, and rebuild the road. Well, um, the road led to a psychiatric hospital, and this person went in when we had the road open. He was released three days later when we had done the changeover, to the temporary road and he drove through our barriers into our ditch that was 17 feet deep and like 10 feet wide and police came pulled his car out uh, he was okay he went i think went to the hospital but he ended up just having some some cuts and scrapes but the funny part of all this is this happened like middle of the night i get to work the next day don't notice anything because the police put the barricades back and then i get a call from my vice president, what in the world happened? I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, I just saw our job slide on the news. Oh my goodness. The, the news came and were reporting. They had video of the guy crawling out of the ditch all bloody. Oh my gosh, and no one called you? No one called us, we didn't know anything about it. And they didn't say our name. They just said like, it's near this intersection. And then, you know, he he worked for us. He was the vice president. So he'd been to site and recognized it. And then the last crazy experience, that sports arena restroom renovation that we did. The hard part with that project was it was a two-month-long project and dead square in the middle after one month, there was a Maroon 5 concert and they, they were at full capacity. So any restroom that we started on day one had to be functional and finished in the middle of it. So that, that, you know, that led to our schedule planning out of like, all right, we'll do a little more than half before and then we'll finish it after this concert. Well, toilet partitions, so the little plastic barriers between the toilets and the restrooms are a very long lead time. So when you order it, you won't get them for six to 10 weeks. So we ordered them on time, but the factory had some issue and they were gonna be a week late. So they were gonna show up the day before the concert. And you can't have a bathroom open without toilet partitions. So we went to uh, Home Depot and bought 200 sheets of plywood and painted them black and put up temporary toilet partitions 
for this one stupid Maroon 5 concert, <laughs> tore them down the next day, and then installed the permanent ones. $40,000 worth of work for oh, one dang concert. I remember that story. That's so unfortunate. So I don't really like Adam Levine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the end goal for someone in your position, if there is one? Uh, what promotions or positions are you trying to work towards, and how long can that generally take? So my... I guess long-term goal is to be a like operations manager or a vice president of a construction company. So right now I'm I'm project based. So I, uh, I get dealt a project and then I'm on site building it for the duration of it. The role after this would be a, a senior superintendent or a general superintendent, which is where you're overseeing like my position and making sure multiple projects that your company's doing are are being built correctly and then above that is uh, someone who's like over a region and they go into the the more detailed big picture planning of bidding projects doing the logistics for projects and helping with the the bigger picture items so that's what i'm working towards but that that's kind of my own personal goals some people are you know they don't want to get into the big picture stuff of the planning they you know they're happy with being on site just put me on a project let me finish my project let me build my project and and they're happy with that so Mm -hmm. it depends on your aspirations your goals i kind of get tired of being on a construction site but it's just kind of path to take I, i guess how long do you do you think that'll take before you can get there it's based on experience you see, most people, once they've been in the industry 20 years, they're at, they're, they're at or close to an executive or, or vice president role. So I'm six years in. I'm a, I think I'm a little bit faster than most. I'm the youngest superintendent in Texas. So I, I would say I, I hope in 10 years I'm a general superintendent or, or uh, an executive over field operations. Okay, so... Last question. If you could be doing anything else for a living and money or education, those were not factors, what would you be doing? I love working with my hands, building something that's that's tangible and like a finished product that you can look at when you're done. But I also love giving back to the community and helping those less fortunate. So I would say I, I love what I do. If money didn't matter, I think I'd probably work half days just so that the grind isn't so long. But, uh, you know, we, we build hospitals, we build schools. Our, our company slogan is, we build what matters. So I'd be doing something similar, but just less hours. You are working your dream job. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. That's rare. I don't have any more questions. Is there any more information that you feel like you didn't get to say that people should know? I would just say the construction industry, it's part of ACE. There's a lot of ACE programs around high schools, architecture, construction, and engineering. Those three industries work together. I don't really ever remember in school learning about either of those three. When you think of engineering, you don't think civil engineering or structural engineering. It kind of seems like they're more mechanical. So I would just say learn the most you can. Don't think construction is bubble with a pickup truck. I mean, it is that in some spots but there's much more to it. Thank you to Ty for donating his time to the show. If you or someone you know is interested in becoming a future guest, please email employedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.